This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Finding Your Bliss with host Judy Liebrach. Heard every Saturday at 1 p.m. on Zoomer Radio. Hi, everyone, and welcome to Season 2 of Finding Your Bliss, a show that helps you find and follow your bliss. As some of you know who listened in last week, we are coming to you from our makeshift home studio, and then our shows are being packaged and broadcast right here at Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. I'm so excited for today's show. You're in for a real treat with Liz West, well-known on-air television broadcaster and personality, who will be joined by a surprise guest later on in the show. As well, in our featured artist segment of the week, we have the incredibly talented Alex Pangman, known as Canada's Sweetheart of Swing. All of this coming up and more, but first, joining us today, the beautiful Liz West. Liz West is a seasoned television personality who was reported, anchored, and hosted for five networks across Canada, including CTV, City TV, and W Network. She is a sought-after MC and moderator for events and is co-author of this book. I'm actually looking at it right now, Scratch Your Butts, Seven Words That Can Get in the Way by Liz West and Scott Tavis, her husband. And the book is a guide to becoming a better communicator. A former presentation skills instructor at Centennial College and experienced media trainer, Liz works with those who want to be their best at the podium, on camera, and in the boardroom. Hi, Liz. Welcome to season two of Finding Your Bliss. Thank you, Judy. I'm very happy to be here. I'm so delighted to have you here with us today. And really, Liz, you are part of the reason that we are here today. You've always been such a great mentor and friend, and I'm so happy to finally have you on the program. Well, you know, I've been listening to the the shows that you've been doing, and you sound fantastic. So this is such a natural spot for you, Judy. Congratulations. Thank you so much. That's such an honor coming from you. So thank you. Liz, we've been through the mill, haven't we? What is your take on our whole world turning upside down on COVID-19 and how has it really affected you personally? Uh, Well, I think like so many people, we're taking it day by day. Uh, The hardest part is not being able to plan ahead. That's I'm struggling with that, not having plans, things to look forward to. Uh, I have kids that are, um, you know, keeping me busy, trying to homeschool. Um, that's been interesting. You know, it's, I have my own business. As you mentioned, I coach people who want to be public speakers or want to improve their storytelling. Uh, have, we want to be great with the media, want to be on a, you know, on be great on video. So whatever the case, and it's modifying what I do to make that a virtual you know, something I do virtually and uh, manage the homeschooling and, and of course, all the stuff that goes with being at home all the time. If someone had told me six weeks ago, this is what you'll do for the next six weeks, I think I would have passed out. Like, I, I mean, the idea of, you know, that's what life is going to look like. It's, it's still, you know, people will walk around with masks on their face. Shocking, shocking, shocking. It's amazing how we can all adapt though, you know, we, I'm used to walking, if I'm, if I have to go somewhere, I have a dog, so I walk my dog and I walk six feet apart. I even drive 
six feet apart from other cars, which is really weird. <laughs> when I pull up, I pull up a car with when there's a car in front of me. I'm leaving space. It's weird. <laughs> That's hilarious. So, yeah. Oh I, I didn't even realize I was doing it. I'm like, what am I doing? So it's, it's unusual. You know, I'm just, my heart breaks when I think of so many people that have it a hundred times worse. You know, everybody is in a different situation we're all managing the best we can. And there are people who I just, my heart breaks when I think about the, the health issues, the financial issues, people that are alone, happen to live alone and now are really alone. I, and the people who are, you know, busting their butts, uh, you know, to keep um, food in the grocery stores and who are taking care of people in hospitals you know, there's a lot going on right now. It's just, there's a lot of emotion in the air. Mm -hmm, absolutely. You know, Liz, one of the things that you always do, I mean, for those of you, I'm, uh, you, you know, Liz West, if you Google her, you'll see her gorgeous face and you know her as a very seasoned host and a seasoned television personality. And I'm going to talk more about that in a moment, but she's also, for those who don't know her, a very benevolent human being. And I've always known this about you, Liz. And so I was so sort of delighted to uh, just um, log on to Facebook the other day. And there you were not only sewing medical masks with a sewing machine, but actually teaching people how to do it themselves. Can you tell us a little more about that? Sure, sure. Uh, so the other thing I'm going to share about me is that I get really frustrated when I am not part of the solution. And mm -hmm. right now I find myself in a scenario where I am not part of the solution at all. I'm, I'm not a healthcare worker. I don't have a grocery store. I don't, you know, I can't help uh, at a um, long care, uh, long uh, healthcare facility. I have none of those skills at all. What can I do? Sitting on the sidelines just frustrates the heck out of me. There was a call by the hospital, formerly known as uh, Toronto East General, it's now Michael Garon Hospital, to, they said, we need, I think it's like a thousand masks uh, a week, something like that, it might be a day. Anyway, the message was, if you can make a mask, if you can make masks for our healthcare workers, please do. And I thought, I can do that. I can do that. I have a sewing machine. I have old sheets. I can do that. I don't know how to make a mask. I looked up how to make a mask and I, you know, found a video circa 1972. And mm -hmm. I thought, okay, this is fine. I can make a video too. I can make a video with my skills that shows other people quickly, easily how to make masks. So really it was for completely selfish reasons that I needed to remove my own frustration about not being able to be part of the solution and in some way, you know, contribute. So that's what I started to do. And it's really hard work, surprisingly. It's really hard work. <laughs> I've had masks, I have fabric, I have pins, I have a sewing machine all over my dining room table. I've had it like that for six weeks. I think my family's getting really frustrated. Um, it feels good though. And I, I've dropped off masks. I've had people, I've had friends say, you know, I'm really worried my mom could really use a mask. Would you mind giving me two masks for my parents? Wow. I will give masks to people who are compromised and because people are afraid and I, and having a mask does feel good. You can wash a fabric mask so you can reuse it. It's really great. So um, yeah, that's what I've been doing and it's been wonderful. Completely selfishly, Judy. 
No, I, 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 I don't know about that because I know you're a pretty selfless person, but I have a question. How can people connect with you relearning how to make these masks? Like how can they find you doing these videos? Sure. So if you Googled Liz West masks uh, on YouTube, I, I think you would, the video would come up. If not, just go to my Facebook page, Liz West, go to uh, Liz West on Instagram, which is, I know that's not what it's called. It's, uh, and I'm supposed to know what it's called. I'm uh, west.liz on Instagram and on Twitter, I'm Ms. Liz West. So you can find out what um, I posted the video on all those, on all social media platforms. So you can take a look at it there. I guarantee you if I can make it every, and you can make it. (laughs) I love that. Liz, you are a seasoned television personality, as I said, and whether it's backstage with Bono, live from the red carpet or challenging politicians with tough questions, you always love finding that fresh angle and asking the right questions and delivering an engaging story. And in such a natural and wonderful way, you've done hundreds of interviews with celebrities, newsmakers, royalty, and regular folk covering everything from news and entertainment to lifestyle reporting. I first remember you from your days at City TV and CTV. Is there an interview or interviews that really stand out for you where you really were in your bliss saying, oh my God, I can't believe I'm actually interviewing this person? Um, I'm going to split that question into two if it's all right with you, because I don't, it's not always the same person where I say, oh my God, I can't believe I'm interviewing this person. And then it turns out to be blissful. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) So I, you know, for example, uh, I was I had the opportunity to interview two artists that I'm going to mention that have always stood out for me. One was David Bowie. Wow! I went to New York to interview him for his uh, little. I think it was Little Wonder was the single, and that might have been the name of the album. And he was delightful. I'm telling you, he was charming. He was authentic. Look you in the eye, down to hmm. earth. Really, really, a really, really super guy. One of the rare times where I felt like I kind of forgot who I was talking to. It was just that really, really, really nice. Um, I'll tell you, there's often artists, actors, this is part of their job and it's not their favorite part of their job when it comes to doing interviews. They're doing it because they're pretty much contractually obligated. They've mm-hmm. got to promote the movie. They got to promote that record. That's part of the the deal, and and that comes that shows up when you mm-hmm. when you interview them. Shows up right before the interview. Maybe they turn on the charm during the interview. They turn mm-hmm. it off as soon as the camera is off as well. Um, so so he was not like that at all. And then the other person who I really enjoyed interviewing and I didn't know it was going to be so delightful with Steven Tyler. Mm. I think that, you know, since he's been on, um, American Idol, a lot of people saw, you know, the man, the personality behind the man mm-hmm. and saw how, how like charming and irreverent and self-deprecating and sort of silly and whimsical. He really is fun, fun inter- interview, really, really nice guy. He said to me, Enough about me. Let's talk about you. What do you think uh-huh. of me? And I loved it. It, it, it was big, right? His ear to ear grim. It was an ear to ear. Like his his mouth is truly like dominates the lower half of his face. But it was such a big smile, and I loved that. And I loved it. And I laughed. And like, yeah, that's so cute. So, so fascinating. You know, I also love that of late, you've been teaching people how to go on Zoom calls because there really are some flattering ways to be on this online platform. And can you describe for our listeners who may not know what Zoom is 
how oh, sure. you can frame yourself. And 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 you're you're all lucky to have Liz West teaching you this. But how to go online for people who've never really done this before? Well, first of all, don't be feel like you're alone if you don't know what Zoom is, because two months ago, most people didn't know what Zoom was, and Zoom is is literally a video chat. It's it's talking to someone on on your computer and seeing them at the same time. So now, you know, everybody is resorting to if they want to stay connected for business or for personal, and you actually need to see people. It's not good enough just to be on a phone call. And with multiple people, it's ideal to see them because then they see who's talking. Um, You're using a a platform like Zoom. And I think Zoom has almost taken on... um, a, a life of its own to mean video chat, whether you're on Google Hangout or Cisco WebEx. The idea is that you're doing this video chat. So uh, because there's so many people who are not comfortable or used to being on camera on their while they're talking on their laptop, you know, we're seeing people in the dark, people whose heads are just little tiny, you know, figures at the bottom of the screen, Um lots of headroom off camera, really where the picture is not good and it's distracting. And the one thing I learned from being in television, especially from news, is that if people are distracted by what they see, they will not listen to what you're saying. Mm-hmm. And the point is to, is you want people to listen to what you say. That's why mm-hmm. you're talking. So a couple of simple tips I will give people right now is number one, light is your friend. You need light to be seen. The light has to actually be facing your face. It cannot be behind you. You've taken a photograph of a friend with their back to the sun, and then you say, oh, I can't even see you. It's just a silhouette because your camera, your lens is exposing for the background light. You want the light in front of you. It can be a table lamp. It can be a window. Just please get some light on your face so we can all see you. And secondly... Let's look, let's, let's keep our eye line the same as the lens. I don't want to see up someone's hairy nose. Do you? <laughs> no. <laughs> right? We've seen way too many hairy noses in the last <laughs> couple of months. We're done with that. So just grab a shoebox, two shoeboxes, stack of six yeah. books, whatever it is. Put your phone or your iPad or your laptop on those boxes so that when you're talking to someone, you're eye to eye. I say to people, would you walk into a boardroom and tell someone to sit on the ground while you sit in a chair and talk to them or vice versa? No. So why is it okay here to do that? Because that's really what you're doing. So if mm-hmm, you can mm-hmm. get the lighting and the eye line correct, you're, you're halfway there. That's so great. And for more, yeah. people can go to your, your Facebook, to Liz West on Facebook, Liz West on Instagram, and also on your YouTube channel, and even on LinkedIn, where you have a very big presence, and uh, and simply yeah. um, just watch you doing these videos, because they're so helpful. And honestly, I've used I've, I've, I've used these videos to uh, frame myself in some of these meetings, and, and it looks a lot better than it did when I started, I have to say. Liz, you're also an experienced media trainer. And you work with those who want to be their best on the podium, on camera, and in the boardroom. Even helping people write speeches, you've helped me, and yeah. I can, and yeah. are still helping me. And I can really attest to how great you are. And you also, of course, give talks. And um, you're just amazing at all of this. Can you elaborate on some of this work that you're now doing? Sure, sure. Uh, you know, one of the things I really enjoy doing is helping people present themselves the way they want to, and 
uh, a lot of us have a good story in us and don't know how to deliver that good story. So it's a combination of how do you craft the story itself and then how do you present it? Uh, Mm -hmm. You know, there's a a belief, a common belief that public speaking is scarier or more frightening to people than their own death. They'd Mm -hmm. rather die than have to speak in front of an audience, which means they'd rather be in the coffin than being giving the speech at someone else's funeral. (laughs) And that's a scary thought. (laughs) That is a scary thought. So, so I, I have um, quick and easy programs that can help get people over those fears, give them the tools they need so that they can go out there and whether they're presenting to investors or whether they are doing a book tour, you know, they've, they've just, and they want to talk about their book or whether they just want to be able to get up and talk in front of family and friends at a wedding or a small event. It's really mm-hmm. all the same principles. So I work with people who really want to, you know, elevate their, their skills in this area and have a good story to tell. I think it's really fun to see people just sort of soar and be in their element because we're all capable of it. That's so great. And you've always been in that element. And 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 one of the things you were just mentioning books, and I'm looking at your book right now, Scratch Your Butt, Seven Words That Get in the Way, that you wrote with your husband, Scott, and that gorgeous picture of you on the cover. What inspired, <laughs> what inspired you to write this book? And how is it more apropos now than ever, especially when many of us are living in close quarters, and we really have to watch what we say and how we say it? Yeah, that's a great question uh, because I think you're right. Now more than ever, we're being measured by what we're saying and how we say things and the words we choose can make or break conversations and relationships. You know, Scott, my husband, who you've mentioned, he also does a lot of personal development and he's a management consultant and he works with teams on how to be high functioning teams. And with my communications background, we found that we were, and working on our marriage, you know, as a couple, that we were had developed uh, what we considered a bunch of, uh, a, a whole bunch of words that were kind of taboo, words that we knew would not help us. They might hurt us if we use them. And uh, I'll just mention one is the word, but, because that's in the title. And the whole idea is that, you know, when you, it's, it's a very common word. It's, it's a word that's really used all, it can be used all the time, you know, throw it in, throw it there. And we believe that when you hear the word but, it generally is because you're going to kind of uh, drop a bomb afterwards. Here comes the but. So sure, you're, you're, you're saying something, but now you're going to pretty much wipe out what you've just said because you're going to, here comes the but. The but is always kind of negative, you know, it's disappointing. So what if we changed the but and we said and instead? And, wow, and it I sort of that. softens the message and it, and it and it's easier to hear than hearing the butt because when we hear the butt, we don't hear what came before the butt. We just hear the butt. So butt's an example. So we, we there were seven, seven words. There's actually eight because there's a bonus word. And there's seven, seven words we focused on really common words, but try, should, I versus you or we, I don't know. That's three words. We call it one word. Uh, I don't know, can't, always, and never common everyday words that when you, when, when the way, what we do is we talk about how those words land when we use them, how some, like how someone hearing it, what does it mean when you use it and really taking responsibility for the words you use, really take responsibility. So Scott and I do that and, you know, we, we mess up all the time. At least he does. 
They all do. They all do. Our husbands don't worry. (laughs) And I'll say, you know, really, do you really mean I never, I never do this? Is that really what you mean? And it's like, of course not. Never, (laughs) never is, is rarely true. Never is rarely true. Often, I feel like it's a lot. Never is it. So, so that's why we wrote a very short, simple book because we wanted to, we felt like it was something we wanted to put in a book form and, you know, and we are thrilled that we did it. Scott keeps telling me I need, we need to change the title because he feels like it's too, too edgy. And I said, I like it because I think it grabs your attention. What do you think, Judy? I, I love it. And I actually think that when you get one, and I want to ask you where how people can can order this book, how can people get a copy of Scratch Your Butt, Seven Words That Get in the Way? You can go to scratchyourbutts.com and that'll direct you to Lulu, which is the publisher. It's also available on Amazon and other websites, but it's a better price if you go through the website. So I recommend going to scratchyourbutts.com. Now, it's butts with one T. Yes. If you go to Scratch Your Butts with two T's, Bad things are going to happen. <laughs> Do not go to that website. Do not go there. Okay. You know, I, I was going to say, I think it's it's such a good idea for people to order two books. It's a slim, sleek little book. Gorgeous picture of Liz West on the cover. And I would order two, one for you and your husband, your, you and your partner, and then a second one for uh, for a good friend, for, for another, uh, another couple that you know. Because what a lovely gift, particularly in this time when we really need, we're in close quarters, we really want to watch what we're saying and how we're saying it. And this book is so amazing for doing all that. Liz, you have a halo around you. You really do. Oh. You have a light around you. That's always. because I and, haven't and, been and, to the hairdresser in <laughs> six weeks, <laughs> You always have had that. You've always had that, that light around you. What are some of the coping techniques that you've been using that are getting you through this, let's be honest, unsettling time? Yeah. Uh, I, I have a conversation with myself every day and it goes something like, wow, this is really kind of awful. And I don't know, you know, things, how I'm going to get through the day. And then I say, well, if you know, things are going to work out. It's not going to stay like this forever. And look around you. The sun is shining. I, I love when the sun is out. I see buds on the trees. Uh, I, I, it's corny. And I will, I truly look around at what I can be grateful for. And I'm, you know, just trying to take a deep breath and realize that there are people who have it 10 times worse, more than 10 times worse. You know, we all have our crosses to bear. I'm no different. And I know there's people out there that uh, probably aren't sleeping at all right now. And so I am very thankful for having, uh, you know, what I do have. Absolutely. And and that's what we have to do is remind ourselves of everything that we can be grateful for, the roof over our heads, the fact that we've got these wonderful essential care workers making it making it possible for us to eat and get groceries and our yeah. pharmacy items, et cetera, and all of the rest. And of course, the healthcare workers, the frontline workers, we're so lucky to have them. You know, Liz, in season one of Finding Your Bliss, we had this idea that we would have famous married on TV couples like Anne Raskowski and Gord Martineau and Deanie Petty, who's been on our show with uh, her TV uh, partner, Dan Duran. And of course, you, Liz West and sportscaster Mark Hebsher, who were a duo for many years, five nights a week, in fact, on Square Off on CHCH. But alas, in this present climate, that seemed a bit impossible as we're doing this interview in our home offices versus the Zoomer studios. And, uh, oh my God, 
Okay, this is hilarious. Before we were doing this, I reached out to Mark and it wasn't working. I didn't hear back. And I actually have him on the other line. Just a minute. I don't believe it. No, I'm not, I'm not joking. No. I, I, I have him on the other line. Now, That's I don't great. know if I can pull this off. It's Mark Hebshire. We're going to take a quick commercial break. And when we come back, I'm going to figure out how to patch these two lines together. Just like, like you know, Ernestine, that switchboard operator on what was that show? Laughing, played by Lily Tomlin. One ringy dingy. <laughs> <laughs> ringy dingies <laughs> remembers Ernestine and laughing back in a moment Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility centre for over 25 years Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children Create is about cutting edge science from highly skilled doctors In unprecedented times like these Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back with the beautiful television personality, Liz West, and joining us now is her partner in crime for many years, sportscaster and broadcaster extraordinaire, Mark Hebsher. Oh, my God. Hi, guys. Mark? Yes. Oh, my God. Just so you know, Judy, we got paid to argue on television. So it really was like a real marriage. Only we got paid to do it. How long, how long has it been since you guys have seen or heard each other? Oh, we spoke a little while ago, but we haven't worked together since, uh, I'm going to say, um, the spring of 2018. So about two years yeah, ago. Yeah, about two years. Wow. Yeah, which actually wow. goes by quickly, doesn't it? You know, it's funny because it what I find is that people, what, people still think that you and I work together and do the show together. I don't know if you get that, Mark. I know, I know. And I, I don't have the heart to say to them, listen, it's been a couple of years because you, you kind of live on. It's almost like, uh, you know, people think Wilma and Fred Flintstone are still an item and going strong. I say, you know, you're sort of inexorably Wait, linked with on, that Mark. person. You just compared us to Wilma and Fred Flintstone? <laughs> no. There are people that think they see, you know, they see, they just see that and they just naturally think that that's, you know, that's what you do outside of. And, and it doesn't matter how many years it's been in their minds. Yeah. It's like, look, I, I know that tonight I'm going to flip on the television at 530 and Mark and Liz are going to tell me what's going on on Square Off. I don't yeah. have the heart to tell them it's been a few years. <laughs> yeah, I know. And people will love to ask me, uh, you know, what's Mark really like? Is he really, you know, the guy that we see? And of course, I lie and I say, no, he's super nice. it was it was hard after a while trying to pick a fight every night with liz it was it was difficult you know it was very very hard and listen the two of us were trying to balance our real life relationships and kids and husbands wives whatever with the you know uh, like liz said the sort of okay we got to act like you know we disagree with each other to you know uh, perpetuate this this whole square off thing. There were days, a lot of days where we agreed and one of us sort of had to take, bite the bullet and take yeah. one for the team and say, oh, I really don't want to argue. I kind of, no, I need to go the other way on this one. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. We're both pretty disagreeable. 
a lot of TV couples actually don't like each other, but you guys really did always, we were always very fond of each other. Is that true? I would say since we're on radio, yeah, that would be true. No, truthfully, I think we did get along. And, and Mark, I know that you and I both have enough experience in television to say, yeah, you know what, Judy, you're right. There's lots of couple, there's lots of people who are playing side by side in whether it's a new show or uh, you know a drama or comedy, and they do not like each other. And it, it even like even musicians in the same band might not want to hang out. It's business, so it's business, and we we all of us often work with people that we don't like, and we we have to make it work anyway. It, I was lucky. Mark was a great guy to work with. Thank you, Liz. But I, I have to tell you, my experience was uh, um, helped set it, it made it easier for Liz and for me because I had done the show for a number of years with Donna Skelly, who is now an MPP. Uh, and uh, and Donna and I, you know, we uh, we mm, rubbed each other the wrong way on occasion. But I think that helped make the show that way. But I, I think what happened was when Donna left and uh, we were in discussion as to who was going to replace Donna and Liz's name came up, I immediately said, great, sounds great. Liz is different from Donna, and it also kind of softened it softened things because I hated having to be that like that bad guy. I didn't like other people saying, "Why don't you leave Donna alone?" or "Why don't you stop picking on some, or being such a bully or stuff like right, that." So right, by the time right. Liz came, I was like, "Okay, I really I don't like being the bad guy anymore." And so I think our stuff was maybe a little more civil. But again, we both became excellent actors because we a lot of times we had to pretend that we were outraged by something when, when we really weren't. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing is, uh, it, it helps to see both sides. And that's something I like to do anyway. I, I always feel like, or I don't always feel, I often feel like, yeah, you know, I can see that perspective or that perspective. So working together on this kind of a show, which was a current affairs show uh, with interviews and opinion meant um, tapping into like, try to see things from the other side of the aisle. And, and it was a lot of fun. It was a great show to work on. Yeah, we, and we also both got practical experience because, you know, we we're both married. Uh, I was at the time. And, and, you know, you're learning things about your partner and relationships and all that. And a lot of that stuff you can carry over into work where you go, well, this is what happened with my partner at home. I sure don't want that to happen here at work. So I'm going to draw on that experience and vice versa. Sometimes you come home from work and go, you know, I learned a few things about I, I learned that if I say nice things to Liz or actually compliment her as opposed to her thinking that I'm complimenting her, that goes a long way. You know, it, you know, it's, it's good for confidence, that type of thing. It builds relationships better. So you take the practical experience on both. And I think it made us better on the air together, so much so that when we left CHCH, we decided to do a podcast together for a couple yes. of years too. What the heck was that about? That was fantastic. And it was also live streamed and it was the first of its kind. It was one of the original live stream slash podcasts out there. And, uh, and I loved watching that as well and listening to it. That was fabulous. Yeah, we would we would be live on Facebook often because we had terrific uh, artists and actors and and athletes, athletes and authors. Those all start with a amazing Liz. They would come on. I just did that without trying. Um, no, it was it was really fun, and we wanted to mirror the kind of um, talent we had on Square Off. You know, the TV show. We wanted to mirror that on a podcast, and I think people and then to be able to put it on Facebook Live. It's fun. You know, it's fun to be able Absolutely. to do that. Everybody's got access to all the technology and platforms now. And really, anybody can have some fun if they choose to. 
Okay, I'm going to give an official introduction to Mark Hebsher, even though he was really humble at the beginning of this in the online green room. He said, it's really not necessary, Judy, two lines. But for all of you who know me, you know I never do two lines. So I think he deserves it. And I happily want to want to want to give it to you. I'll shorten it a little bit. Mark began his career at CKCO TV and CKKW Radio in Kitchener, Ontario. Oh my God. I'm going to go. You let me know when you're done the intro here, okay? Because I lived all of this. Uh, okay, I'm, I'm going to skip ahead a little bit. In 1984, he moved to Global TV as co-host of the groundbreaking show Sportsline. You all remember that. He was with the show for 11 years as it went from a cult following in the mid-80s to Global in the 90s, where it became a huge moneymaker. Mark also developed a weekly collection of sports bloopers known as the Hebsey Awards. He then moved to AM640, Q107. And of course, later on, he joined CHCHTV in 2003, co-hosting both Sportsline and square off with Liz West. He also wrote the book, The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of, Canada's First Olympic Gold Medalist. And the book is available on Amazon. And I want I want Mark to come back and tell me all about that book in greater detail. But anyway, Mark, officially, welcome to Finding Your Bliss. Judy, thank you. And, and what a lovely introduction that was. Thank you so much. Mark, you're, you're a well-known and loved sportscaster, speaker, and podcaster. How has COVID-19 impacted your career? And what have you been up to lately? It hasn't impacted it in the least. In fact, I, and I hate to say this, it's probably opened things up because people are now so restricted that they're running out of things to occupy their time. And I have a book and people read and, you know, it's a perfect storm. The only problem is, is it's not you can't get it anymore on Amazon or um, or, or uh, Indigo because it's sold out. Wow. So, and so what happens, it's sold out to the point where it's like, oh, if we take enough orders, we would, we'll, we'll reorder, like it's not sitting in a warehouse somewhere, thousands of copies, you know, right. they would have to do another printing of it. So the benefit of that is that I ended up buying up all the copies myself mm. uh, because I had many, um, I had a bunch of like a book tour scheduled for this spring. I was, I would have been in Philadelphia this week at the Penn mm. Relays and I had a, a number of other um, speaking engagements lined up to sell the book because you know the way you do it is you go and you speak for a while and Liz knows this too and most authors you go and you speak in front of a bunch of people and then hopefully afterwards they were so enamored by your speech that they <laughs> want to buy a book from you have a picture taken you autograph it personally and then you make more money on those books that you buy as, at the author's rate 40% off than you would if Indigo sold a book you'd get like like I think you get about a dollar and a half or two dollars from a book if, if it goes through Indigo or Amazon. But if you actually sell your own, if you buy them at forty percent off, you can make ten or twelve or fifteen bucks a book, which is what I'm endeavoring to do during, while everyone's locked down. Like I'm just raking in the dough. Let me tell you, Judy, raking it in, raking, <laughs> trying to anyway. Okay, the greatest athlete you've never heard of, Canada's first Olympic gold medalist. Can you tell us? You're so passionate about this. I know you've really been passionate about this subject, about this book. What inspired you to write it? And can you tell us a little bit about the book? Okay, so Liz would know more uh, as much about this because while Liz and I were doing our um, our podcast, probably on a daily basis, I was hucking her about this this uh, this uh, documentary that I wanted to do and this research that I was doing, like probably every day. But I she loved had heard it, so much about George. I Orton. loved it because this is the coolest story. <laughs> I love, love, love uh, the story that Mark has uncovered and is presenting to the public now who have no idea about this really interesting um, Canadian. So what happened was my youngest son, Dean, who was a, would have been a teenager at the time, um, had he was reading a book 
book called The Great Canadian Trivia Book, right? And him and his friends, and, and they came across this question, who was the first Canadian to win a gold medal in the Olympics? And Dean, Dean is like, oh, my dad would know this for sure. He knows everything about sports. Him and his buddies presented the question to me. I didn't know who the answer was. And they were just razzing me like, you of all people, dad, like of everyone who knows about sports, you didn't know. And they're <laughs> razzing me to the point where I have to go to Google now, look up the name George Orton, and I couldn't find anything about it. And this sort of started the pattern. I think I had mentioned to Liz, I think, you know, I'm doing some research and every day I find something new. So every time I would see Liz, which was two or three times a week, I would have an, uh, the next chapter of the story, another, another layer of his life that I had uncovered and peeled in that. And then eventually he did a documentary on it. And the documentary was a, it was a complete fit. However, someone who saw the documentary, a rough cut, said you should write a book about this guy. And um, I, I have to tell you, I'm, I, it's disappointing to me that Canadians were never given the opportunity to appreciate this man's greatness. And I'm trying to I'm trying to bring that to life again. I don't I, I rediscover him, I guess, is what it how, was. How can people buy the book? How can they get in touch with you to order a copy of your book? Well, you can get me on any social media. I'm Hebsey Man or my name, Mark Hebsher. And you know how easy it is now to just send somebody a message on Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or whatever. So, you know, email address is my name, Mark Hebsher at Gmail. And basically what I'm doing is, and this is the honest to God's truth, is someone will call me and hopefully in the next while or whatever and say, hey, I'm interested in a book and I'll autograph, and I'll autograph the book and I'll put it in the mail. It costs like six bucks to mail a book, right? So I add that onto the cost of it. And, and then generally it's like, oh, good. They get it within a certain amount of time. And now they've got something to read or they have a story that they might not have normally gone after. Or maybe they might be in the library and go, oh, here's something interesting. But when you work for us, when you're doing a book for a smaller company like I did, Dundurn is not a big publishing company. It's very hard to go up against the big boys and get, you know, the, the, the whole wall of your book there, you know, the big, the big book readings and, uh, you know, all this publicity. They'll spend a lot of money on publicity but the smaller companies will not so you kind of got to go out and do your own like you judy you've got to go out and you got to pump your own show Absolutely. same with liz you've got to you know you gotta say look this is what i'm doing i'm helping people on zoom i'm helping them um, make good presentations and all that you because exactly. no one else is going to do it for you you've got to do it yourself exactly and people are hungry for sports right now what is your take mark on the fact that the nba and the nhl has been shut down the olympics has been postponed and all of sports as we know it has really come to a bit of a halt as it were this must be brutal for sports fans how are sports lovers staying connected they're reading books which they would have never read before. And I'm not just talking about like my book, but I'm saying in general, after a while, you can only do so much Netflix or Crave watching or whatever. And you kind of get back to the basics of, geez, there's, there's all this great material available out there. I mean, people are reading books online for free or for a couple of bucks, Kobo, whatever the case is. But I think people are rediscovering a story in where you're not in such a hurry. Right. Like, you know, we're not going, geez, we've I got to get to work or I got to get home. So now Tuesday turns into Thursday, turns into Friday. And so for a lot of people, a good book really can, um, you know, take you away from this um, itch that you've got to get out there. You, you, the world's got to get back to the way it was. I think a lot of people are going, I don't know if I'm in such a hurry to get back to the old world of hustle, bustle and run around. Mm -hmm. And I kind of don't mind spending time with my family and reading a good book and kind of. Uh, you know, um, um, energizing. So Absolutely. I don't think it's such a bad thing that people kind of get back to settling down with a book or, or any kind of a good story. It could be a podcast, you know, it could be any good story where you're like, yeah, I got time. I got time for this long form uh, entertainment. I asked this to Liz in the, in, in the earlier segment. I'm wondering, is there anything that you, Mark, have built into your routine that is helping you get through these unprecedented times? 
There is. I've um, I've learned that every time I hear, especially on social media, someone complaining and saying, you know, let us go back out there or bring the world back to her. Or let's have sports soon or whatever the case is. I think about just what we were talking about was I think about do I want to go back to hugging strangers? No. <laughs> do I want to go back to a lot of the phoniness of that, you know, was very prevalent in our world before this pandemic came along, this almighty chase for the dollar, not having time to spend with family, all those type of things. No, I, I, I kind of like where I am. And, and sure, the world one day will get back together again, but I'm in no hurry to go to a ball game with 40,000 other people. I'm not, not in a big hurry to get back on public transit. And until, until there's a vaccine that's developed, and I've got patients, only then will I think will I be comfortable enough. So I'm not in a big hurry to get back to. And I find that um, sort of being in the moment instead of being depressed and wanting to get back to my routine, enjoying what I'm doing, really savoring it, you know, um, taking advantage of it uh, gets me through uh, the times here. Yeah. I love that. Was there a funny, or this is for both of you, was there a funny or embarrassing moment or just a heartwarming moment that you remember on your show Square Off that you did together? The TV show or the podcast or what? All the above. Just a I don't know what mine is. <laughs> okay, go ahead. I don't. Mine was the one when I, I don't remember anything from that. I mean, the television show to me was like a meat grinder. It was five days a week. Every day we'd go out there, and Liz, I can't even remember. We were we went live sometimes. We recorded it sometimes. We recorded some segments sometimes, and went live. And we were you know, but it was an everyday event. So I can't think of one particular day or show. But on the podcast, we had. Um, we had Tyler Stewart, the drummer for Bare Naked Ladies, and his sidekick, Mark Hickox, who was a great guitarist. And they had a little band called Black Aces. And they were going to, de- they debuted some music for us in this studio that we had that was part of the Humble and Fred um, Empire, right? So the studio they had, which was in a professional building that had like a manicurist and a, and a massage therapist and next door and whatever. And, and these two guys came in. Tyler brought okay. his drums. Th- yeah. <laughs> Tyler brought in his entire drum set. Mark's got the, the electric guitar with the amp. And myself, Liz, and, our, and our, our great engineer, Phil Hong, we recorded, like, we recorded this, not only just the podcast, Phil recorded, but we recorded visually on both of our phones of these guys doing these songs. The only problem was the music was so loud that the superintendent of the building was banging on the door while we're recording the show. <laughs> and he couldn't get through, we couldn't hear him. And he ended up cutting the power to the entire unit and killing the podcast. And Tyler Stewart got so angry that we thought there was going to be a fight going on there. And we ended up having to leave. I think they, I think Humble got, they got evicted or something happened. <laughs> that was wild. I That's think hilarious. if I recall, Mark, I think I was the only sane one in the group because all the, all you boys yes, had you your were. testosterone in a knot. So I was, I had to go and appease the landlord and beg him to turn the power back on so that we could uh, not get, uh, Howard and Fred evicted. <laughs> but, but we didn't. That, that show never aired, Liz. I no, have I, the raw no, from it. I had to make nice, though, with the uh, the landlord. But here's, but here's the best part of the story is that Liz had recorded surreptitiously. She had recorded the entire encounter when the, when, when the superintendent literally busted the door down, like he kicked the door in, right? And so, Liz, you can sort of see she's got the phone going, right? And she sort of got it at the side there. And it's a bit of a, you can hear what's going on and it's a little bit, you know, fuzzy and out of focus and, and whatever. And she got the whole thing like for evidence. It was crazy. It was crazy. It was fun. But that just goes to show you when you go live, you, you don't know what to expect. This was something that if you would have said in advance, look, what happens if the power goes out? Like none of us would have bat. We would have said, what are you talking about? That doesn't happen. You just never know when things are live. (laughs) 
I'm going to ask you both this question. Mark Hebsher, what is bliss for you right now? Bliss for me right now is when I go out every day, I usually go for a long walk or a bike ride or whatever, is I look at things entirely differently when it's an empty city. This morning I was out for a walk. I went to drop off a book actually to someone at the Canadian Olympic Committee, which is right down near Roy Thompson Hall. And so I took a route that kept me in the sunshine, but also it just allowed me to sort of look at the city very differently um, without the hustle and bustle of traffic and people and whatever. And um, it's it, I like it. I really kind of, I look forward to that, just getting out by myself and staying six feet away from people and all that. And just just enjoying the like the glory of uh, being in a, I don't know, like a nice city. This is where I grew up. This is where I was born and all that. And sometimes you have to sort of not stop and smell the roses, but stop and take things into a perspective. So I really look forward to that daily walkabout, which, you know, I hadn't been doing when, you know, um, life was back, at, you know, in normal terms, whatever that was. That's so great. Liz, what is bliss for Liz West? Well, it's interesting because Mark did touch on um, something that has is true for me also. And that is I, you know, have a lot more time on my hands because I would be driving apart from working. I would also be driving my kids to hockey and I have a daughter who plays hockey and a son who plays hockey. And a lot of my time was spent with scheduled events. So either I'm at my desk working or out seeing a client or driving to a game and on the bench and, or socializing with friends. Like it was a very kind of, it's kind of very like, you know, as a lot of people who I'm sure can relate to this, the calendar very full. So now, you know, I'm in my house, I'm sequestered in my house. I have um, live with someone whose immune system is compromised and has asthma and heart disease. So, you know, there is no way a germ can get in our house. Like that's non-negotiable. So I'm, I'm here. And um, so I have kind of this I feel like a little extra time, even though I'm working to the best of my abilities uh, and making masks, as, as we talked about. But what I decided to do, it's kind of silly, is um, I'm in a, uh, a band with, uh, with some parents, and we all met together with our kids going to the same school. So we've been together for about six years. We're called the Night Owls. And we, don't, we play like three times a year. We practiced like heck for the first couple of years. So now we have a bit of a set list that we can do. And we decided, we thought, why don't we do, you know, like what all the celebrities are doing, you know, where they record something and then they post it. And now, you know, have you seen where, you know, one person's playing the guitar in this box and then someone's playing here and someone's on guitar in their bathroom playing, which is super cool. And I said (laughs) to the guy, do you want to try something like that? Because it's just fun to experiment. And I said, well, why don't we do a song like uh, Let It Be by the Beatles? And uh, they said, well, that's a great song, but you know, we, someone has to play keyboard and nobody in our band plays the keyboards. So I'm teaching myself that song on the piano and I'm having oh, wow. such a good time. <laughs> I'm having <laughs> such a good time. I practice so every great. day. My goal is, yeah, is to be able to learn. It's very simple, by the way, if anybody's listening and they would like to learn a simple song on piano. Um, I did play piano when I was very young hated it, didn't follow up, but I feel like there's a little muscle memory there. So I'm practicing every day. (laughs) And, and so keep your eyes open. Maybe at some point you'll see that on uh, social media for the night owls. I'm just getting a real kick out of, uh, I feel like I'm about 10 years old again. It's weird. (laughs) That's so great. I want you to come back on and Go ahead, Mark. If I can chime in here, I've seen the night owls. I'm going to say four times, Liz. 
Yeah, probably. I think. About that. Yeah. And they, they've gotten better every time and they really are good. You'll have to come back on with the Night Owls when, when you're ready and, and we'll uh, we'll play your song or play one of your songs and, and, uh, and oh. that'll be really a lot of fun. So how can people follow you on social media or get in touch with you regarding moderating, speech writing, media training and coaching? Yeah, I think the best thing to do is go to my website, lizwest.ca or you can go to bewellspoken.com dot com that is offers my professional services are both attached so either one just google liz west my website will come up and you'll be able to reach me through social media or contact me directly through the website thanks for asking awesome and thank you so much mark how can people contact you again i know you said it earlier but one more time and maybe spell your last name it's hebsher h-e-b is in bob s-c-h-e-r on instagram and on twitter i'm hebsy man because my nickname's hebsy that's h-e-b-s-y M A N. Awesome. Uh, and on and I think I've got I think I got two accounts on Facebook. One's Hebsey Man and the other is Mark Hebsher because I wanted to cover you know everything. <laughs> That's so great. And I mean, especially nowadays, I mean, I mean, everybody I know, like my dad's eighty eight, and he can find people on you know social media. He knows the whole search thing. So uh, look me up. And uh, like I said, I got books here that were supposed to be you know for my live. Uh, um, speeches and performances and whatever. And I'm more than happy to sell you an autographed copy. And um, and there you go. I think you'll like the story. And, and the book, again, is The Greatest Athlete You've Never Heard Of, Canada's First Olympic Gold Medalist by Mark Hebsher. And once again, we talked about it in the first uh, segment with Liz. It's Scratch Your Butts, Seven Words That Get in the Way by Liz West and her husband, Scott Tavis. So that is so fantastic. I want to thank you both so much for being here today. It really was so great to finally have you on the show, Liz West, and wonderful to have you as well, Mark Hebsher. We're going to a commercial right now. When we come back, our featured artist in the spotlight on Finding Your Bliss. Back in a moment. Finding Your Bliss is brought to you by Create, Canada's leading fertility center for over 25 years. Create is here for anyone struggling with infertility or in need of assisted reproductive technology to have children. Create is about cutting-edge science from highly skilled doctors. In unprecedented times like these, Create is about ensuring the safety of all patients and staff. Create has made important changes to protect you by ensuring social distancing, wearing masks, as well as screening before entering. So what about the bundle of joy that you've been hoping would come into your family? Create Fertility Center is here for you. Visit createivf.com to keep up with the latest changes and learn about Create Fertility Center's comprehensive care for every fertility journey. Keep safe and healthy during these challenging days, remembering that life is about moments that we create together. We are back. This is Finding Your Bliss on Zoomer Radio, AM 740, FM 96.7. And today we're thrilled to have as our featured artist this week, Canada's sweetheart of swing, Alex Pangman. With Pipes Aplenty, Juno nominee Alex Pangman is a vibrant vocalist who is proud to be known as Canada's sweetheart of swing. She possesses the requisite taste, talent, and historical knowledge to breathe new life into the sturdy standards and unstanders of the classic jazz era. A superb song stylist with growing compositional chops, the gifted Toronto scene maker has built a loyal fan base amongst jazz listeners and dancers alike through her critically acclaimed work with her stacked Alley Cats band in the studio, nightclubs, and concert halls all across Canada, including three stellar showcases at the Montreal International Jazz Festival. 
We are also all the more grateful to have Alex here today based on what she went through several years ago. She thankfully survived her battle with lung disease by finding a donor and having a very successful double lung transplant surgery. She roared back with a new jazz recording project, 33 for the prestigious Montreal jazz label, Just In Time. Released in 2011 to wide critical acclaim, the title 33 refers both to Pangman's age at the time of the recording and the fact that the repertoire was popular in North America during 1933. Along the way, she's made the most of her heightened profile to be a strong advocate for organ and tissue donation. So without further ado, we're so thrilled to play for you now. It felt so good to be bad. A track from her album, Have a Little Fun, which is available on Apple Music, Amazon, Spotify, and Google Play Music. Let's all have a listen to this gorgeous music that really transports you back to a happier time. The incredibly gifted Alex Pangman. It felt so good when you were pitching me the woo. It felt so good to think that I appealed to you. And though besotted, I already knew a love that I pushed aside Cause it felt so good to be so bad I couldn't help myself, your touch was so sublime With warring lips and soul I stepped across the line but when the chase was done, the thrill had up and gone, and you walked away. Cause it felt so good to be so bad. Lonely, and now I'm lonely. Like a fool should be. The guilt began to creep while we were still entwined and not a thing I do can keep it from my mind and now the mess I've made will see me to my grave of the price I've paid cause it felt so good to be so to creep while we were still entwined and 
not a thing I do can keep it from my mind. And now the mess I've made will see me to my grave of the price I've paid. Cause it felt so good to be so bad, to be so bad, to be so Bad. That was fantastic. Alec Pangman's song, It Felt So Good to Be Bad, just makes you feel great. Thank you so much for being on our show, Alex. Each week we spotlight a singer singer-songwriter, or musician on the show. If you are a singer and you want to be considered to appear on Finding Your Bliss Radio, please write to us at music at findingyourbliss.com. I would like to thank all of my guests for being on the show today. Thank you so much to the beautiful and talented Liz West, and thank you to the incredible Mark Hebsher and Funny, and to the awesome Alex Pangman, Canada's sweetheart of swing. I also want to thank, of course, the supervising producer, Mag Ruffman, production manager, Siobhan Kylie, production assistant, researcher, and editor, Haley Allegia, audio producer, Faz Kazi, and everyone here at Zoomer. As always, we're going to close out the show with a short meditation. This one is called Peaceful Butterfly and was written by Melissa Dormoy of Shambhala Kids. Close your eyes and take in a nice deep breath. Allow your tummy to fill up like a balloon and then exhale slowly. One more time, breathing right in through your nose and breathe out, relaxing your whole body completely. Your body begins to feel deeply relaxed and sinks down further and further as you lie down on your mat or your bed your legs feeling heavy, your arms heavy and relaxed. And as your body relaxes, imagine you're a beautiful butterfly fluttering high in the sky. And with a clear, calm mind, say these words to yourself. I am peaceful, I am calm, and I'm ready to embrace this beautiful day. For all of us here at Finding Your Bliss, I'm Judy Liebrach. Wishing you all a happy, healthy, and wonderful day, and reminding you all to take one step closer to finding your bliss. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.